0: Waterview, great to see you this Sunday. Do me a favor. Why don't you stretch across the person that's beside you to reach the person that's on the other side of them and fist bump them and tell them you're such a great singer. Thanks for worshiping with me this morning. And if it's really awkward, you might need to introduce yourself and tell them how great it is to see them today at Waterview. But my name is Jason Bentley. I serve as the lead pastor of Waterview Church, and I'm thrilled that you're here today on this summer Sunday. What a week we've had, so rainy, and I would imagine that there's a lot of people today trying to make up for the lack of sunshine all of this week, but you're here and God is here, and so I know that today is going to speak to you, is going to challenge and inspire and encourage you, and as you saw just a moment ago, we are just a few weeks away from our annual summer series called At The Movies. And you've got to be here. It starts Sunday, July the 9th. You cannot miss it, and you need to get as many people as you know to join us. When you look at the life of Jesus, when Jesus walked the earth and when he did his thing, he used common and ordinary illustrations from the life of the average person to teach kingdom principles and heavenly truths. He tried to connect with people in a way that they would understand. It was called parables. Jesus taught in parables. If Jesus was walking the earth today in the 21st century, he would still utilize the very things that we all know and that we're all familiar with and that we all love to communicate deeper things. And so that's what we do over the course of the entire month of July with our series, At the Movies. We take movies that we all know and love and we show them as we gather on a Sunday and throughout the movie, we teach things, the the deep things of God, the powerful truths of the word of God and tie it to some of the messaging that's in the movie we have an amazing time and if you've not ever experienced it you've got to make it a point to be here throughout the month of july we transform our lobby into the lobby of a movie theater meaning that we provide you movie theater popcorn soda candy and then you come in we worship and then there's going to be a movie shown each and every week with some teaching about what God has in mind for our lives from the movie. So that's what you have to look forward to for at the movies. We hope that you'll join us again. That kicks off Sunday, July the 9th. So help us spread the word and start bringing people with you. Start inviting and let's just see what God will do. Every summer we see God moving in people's lives, people making fresh starts surrendering their life to Jesus, we're believing for a great, great summer. But today, I want to direct your attention to Mark chapter number 6. Mark chapter number 6 and verse number 34 is where we're going to be reading. We've been doing a series for the last few weeks called Faces of Faith. We've been looking at what faith is, what faith looks like, the different aspects of faith. We're continuing that today, Mark chapter number 6. In verse number 34, it says, When Jesus landed and he saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And so he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. You see, Jesus preach for a very long time. And if I'm ever asked, Pastor, why do you preach so long? I'm just going to say, because I want to be like Jesus. He began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But then Jesus answers them, you give them something to eat. So they've recognized there's a need. And now Jesus says, excellent, do something about it. And their response is, well, wow, that's expensive. That's going to take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread? And give it to them to eat. And how many loaves do you have? Jesus asks. Go and see. So when they found out, they said, Hey, Jesus, here's the news. We've got five loaves of bread and we have two fishes. So then Jesus directs them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. And so they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. And then Jesus taking the five loaves and the two fish looks up to heaven and he gives thanks and he breaks the loaves. And then notice, then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divides the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied and then the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish and the number of the men and this is just the men that was present not counting women and children the number of men who had eaten was five thousand and from this as we continue our series on the faces of faith I want to talk to you For a a much shorter period of time than Jesus spoke on this particular day in Mark chapter number 6. I want to talk to you today on the subject, faith shares what's in your hand. Faith shares what's in your hand. You know, we've been talking about faith all month. Because faith is powerful. The Bible says that the the children of God, the people of God, we are supposed to to live by faith we're supposed to walk by faith our our life is supposed to be saturated with faith in fact the bible also says that it's impossible to please god if we are lacking faith another thing i've discovered as we focus on faith and spend some time learning about it faith can be very inspirational you know, life has a way of beating us down. It has a way of squeezing the life and the hope and the joy and the faith right out of us. But when we start talking about the power of faith, and when we start talking about the God who gives us faith and builds our faith, it can be very inspirational. And and I hope that these last few weeks have done that very thing. I, I pray that You've been inspired. I pray that as we're going into the summer, you are overflowing with faith. And if you get to talking about faith enough, everyone starts wanting the results of a life of faith. I mean, when you read through the book of Hebrews about how giants were toppled because of faith and cities were built. Because of faith and extraordinary accomplishments were brought about because of faith. Everybody wants the results of the life of faith. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, we spoke a little bit about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and them going into a fiery furnace, but God giving them the victory despite horrific odds And by the time we get done with a message like that, everybody wants that kind of victory. And then last week on Father's Day, we focused on this rather obscure but incredible man out of Luke chapter number one named Zachariah. And and we talked about how for many, 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 many years, there was something that he really wanted and needed from God, but he, he, he had not yet experienced it, but finally God comes through and gives him exactly what he was needing and what he was hoping for. And everyone, by the time we're done with that, everybody is wanting that type of miracle. We're wanting that kind of breakthrough in our own lives. But I I have learned that we might spend a lot of time talking about faith and we might spend a lot of time getting fired up over faith but the reality of the matter is when we say our final amen and we hit the exit doors we don't really want to go and do anything without there being a guarantee we love the idea of faith but sometimes we end up just having faith in faith rather than faith in god And we don't want to go without there being a guarantee, and we certainly don't want to go week after week, month after month, year after year, just like we learned that Zachariah did last week in order for us to obtain our miracle. Like we want faith, and we want the end results of faith, and we want it to be certain, and we want it to be immediate. But the first thing that I want to leave with you here today in this installment of our Faces of Faith series is that the life of faith is about God's power and our participation. And that's what this narrative here in Mark chapter number 6 is all about. You see, Jesus has, at this point in his ministry, it's known as the popular phase of his ministry. Everywhere he goes, he's drawing huge crowds of people. Scholars surmise that if there were 5,000 men present on this day, there was probably somewhere between 20 to 25,000 people total, men, women, and children. A huge crowd, really a stadium full of people gather to hear Jesus preach. And there's some real amazing things happening. Jesus, he's seeing them. I love how the scripture says he saw them and he had compassion on them. I believe that Jesus looked at the 25,000, but he saw each and every one. Because it's not just about a crowd. It's about the people that are in the crowd. Jesus saw the individual people and their individual circumstances. And he had compassion, and he's teaching, and he's sharing things with them that could change and transform their life forever. But he gets a little carried away. I mean, after all, when you kind of get in the momentum and the flow of some really spectacular things, you kind of lose track of time. And my man, Jesus, preaches for a very long time, like hours. I try to keep this to like 35 minutes. So if I get into 40 minutes, give me just a little grace here today preaching for hours and it gets late and the disciples start noticing that the people are getting restless maybe they've heard a few kind of negative comments they're aware now that the people are very very hungry and so they come to Jesus and I and I love kind of picturing in my mind how it all plays out they come to Jesus and they're like thinking, man, he's going to be so proud of us about how astutely observational we are. Jesus, guess what? Your words today, they've been amazing, but the people are hungry. Like, I got word that, hey, you see that lady like three rows from the back? Like, man, she's been complaining nonstop for the last two hours. Like, she's really hungry. And then there's this guy over here. He's getting some of his buddies together. Looks like maybe they're on Instagram, Jesus. They're just trying to distract themselves from the hunger. We've got to do something about it. And Jesus looks at them and says, what do you mean we? Jesus answers then, you give them something to eat. And what's being communicated to all of us who, like those disciples, are now disciples following Jesus into all that he has for us. Jesus is showing all of us that we should not just see a need, but we should seize the opportunity to do something about that need. Because Jesus says to them, that's wonderful that you see a problem. That's wonderful that you see that there's something not quite right. So do something about it. You don't just need a miracle because uh, imagine the disciples, they've been there the same amount of time and they're hungry as well. So really what they're saying is the people are hungry, but Jesus, we're really hungry too. And Jesus is kind of looking back at them saying, you don't just need a miracle, get your hungry. I I get that you need... that you need something to turn your situation around, but you're also part of the miracle. Do something about what you're noticing. And from this passage and others, but this is the one that we're focusing on today, it becomes very clear that there are some things that Jesus is not going to do for us. Jesus will bring us to places and to points in our life where he's going to expose us to need and he's going to expose us to potential. And then he's going to call us to participate in doing something about that need and developing and unlocking that potential. But he's not going to force us. He's not going to twist our arm behind our back and say, you've got to do this. Jesus is just going to make us very aware of a need and then he's going to say, are you going to do something about it? You see, Jesus was doing what he was supposed to do and that was loving and teaching the people. The disciples saw that it was getting late and that the people needed food. It was the disciples that recognize the need because one person can't recognize the need of every single person around them. That's why God has already and has always had team ministry in mind. It's never just about one person doing everything. It's about a team of people working together to accomplish great things for God. And while Jesus is doing his thing, they recognize the need, and the disciples are the ones that are to give the people what they saw they needed. The Bible says that they they had love for them. They had compassion for them. But then as they start calculating it all, when Jesus says, hey, do something about it, then they're like, well, that's going to take a lot of money. And that's going to take a lot of time and effort. What what do you mean? Jesus, is there a way for us just to point out problems but not be a part of the solution? Is there a way for us to just let you know about all the needs and hope that you or the person beside us will take care of it? Because you're saying do something about it, but that costs money and it takes a lot of work. And Jesus is like, and? But here's the thing. In our lives, wherever we are, whether it's in church, on our job, in our schools, we're going to, because of the way that God's wired us, we're going to see things that stand out to us. They'll stand out to us. It may not stand out to somebody else, but we become aware of it. We recognize needs. We, we see Areas that need improvement. And as followers of Jesus Christ, if we recognize a need, regardless of the environment that we're in, there is a divine purpose behind that. That, that thing that's caught your eye, that thing that's kind of got you mauling it over, over and over again, that's because you've got an answer for it. Like like God has allowed you to be in that space because he intends for you to do something about it. And in fact, this is one way that we can discern the will of God in our life. We might be asking ourselves, what does God want me to do? Like what kind of big plan does God have in mind for my life? And the answer is, can be actually more simple than what we even realize. What are the things that just naturally stand out to us? What are the needs that we just naturally notice? What do you see that needs to be done? What are you looking at? And can you say, hey, there's a need here and someone needs to do something about it? It works this way in church. It works this way in our faith family. If you see something, there's a reason. However, whether we're talking about church or work or family, whatever the case may be, the reason that many of us don't act on it is because we're just like the disciples. We don't think that we have the resources to meet the need. We see there's a great need. We see that it's going to take a lot to accomplish it. And so we feel like, I'm not sure that I can do very much. Like we've got compassion for it. We've got the the interest in it. We're like, man, that's going to take a lot of money. That's going to take a lot of work. But Jesus says to them, hey, what do you have in your hand right now? How many loaves do you have? Go and see. Just go and Go and take a few moments to just kind of check it out. What Jesus is saying to them, and it's the next thing that I want to leave with us here today, and that is the miracle is in your hand. You've noticed a need. You see a problem. The miracle is in your hand. I don't know about you, but I'm certainly this way. It is very easy for me to become fixated at times on what we need, so much so that I ignore what I have. You ever get like that? You get so preoccupied with what you need or what you don't have that you fail to see or you ignore altogether what you have. But Mark chapter number six is telling us, it's showing us that in this life of faith, what you have right now is enough to begin with if you put that in the right hands. If the five loaves of bread and the two fishes, if that would have been left in the lunchbox, it would have only fed one person. But in the hands of Jesus and his disciples, it can feed over 20,000 people. Some of us in this room right now think that we don't have enough gifting. That we don't have enough ability. That we don't have enough time. Some of us think that we don't have enough money. But the reality of the matter is you have enough. You have enough. But the question is, is what is is in my hand surrendered to Jesus? Am I giving him what I have? The miracle's in my hand, but am I willing to share it? And this is the part that might get a little com- uncomfortable because it was for me as I'm preparing, the Holy Spirit's like talking to me and I thought, man, that's rough. And then I thought, and I've got to share this tomorrow. Man, that's rough. But here's the truth of the matter and i've i've met people like this and i've been like this myself at many times in my life we say that we're people of faith and we say here's my life jesus i belong to you and that's fantastic like, i want to live for you you're so good you've been so good here's my life i'm giving it to you totally and completely however do me a favor I want to follow you and I want you to bless me and I want you to watch out for me and I want you to take care of me and I want you to give me all the miracles that I need in my life. But please, because we're just like these disciples, please just don't require anything of me that comprises my life. Like, Don't ask too much of me in regards to my time or my money or my interests or my relationships. We got to deal, Jesus. Jesus, I know that there's a lot of problems in the world, and I'm going to complain about them on social media, and I realize that my church has some gaps, and where I work at, man, there's just so many things wrong there. I don't even know where to begin. But I just need you to do a miracle. God, you just take care of it, and we're going to be good. And Jesus is like, well, what's in your hand? What are you going to do about it? Whoa, what are you talking about? Somebody else can do that, like you can, or that other guy, but please don't expect anything out of me. But sometimes God's power doesn't show up until our participation turns up. We could say it like this, you are the answer to someone's prayer. You're the answer to someone's prayer. And there were were two things, just two things that the disciples had to do with those five loaves and those two fish. The first thing was to surrender it to Jesus. Say, what's in my hand is yours, and I'm going to let you bless it, and I'm going to let you break it. And then the next thing they needed to do was to put it to work. Like, I'm going to release it and I'm going to put it to work in the kingdom. I'm going to give it out. I'm going to distribute it. But notice, we read it together, Mark 6. The miracle did not happen in Jesus' hand. It happened in the disciples' hand. They had the miracle in their hands. They surrendered it to Jesus. Jesus did his thing with it, but then it was put back into their hand, And he said, you go and distribute it. Jesus says, I'm placing everything you need for a massive miracle in your hand. And whether you receive the miracle or not is now up to you. It's what you do with what I gave you. There are some miracles in our lives that we will never ever realize until we surrender it to God, and until we put it to work. Why is that? It's because faith shares what's in your hand. And here's how it works in the kingdom. What's in your hand, it multiplies if you divide it. It multiplies if you divide it. Mark 6 records that Jesus gave thanks, broke the loaves, and then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people, and he also divided the two fish among them all. You know, God's economy, it works very differently. You divide in order to multiply. The only way that the bread multiplies, the only way that the crowd gets fed, is if the disciples are willing to give away the handful that they possess this takes faith this takes faith when God says you've got to give what you have in order for what I'm wanting to do to unfold and to become a reality in fact this is the proving ground for our faith and where God is wanting to take us and how God is wanting to use us in our life. And they had a decision. These disciples, like you and I, they had a decision to make. I've got food in my hand. Remember, they're hungry. They're thinking, I'm hungry. I have a need. And there is enough food now in my hand to feed me lunch. What am I going to do? Am I going to eat and consume and direct what God's given to me back to me? Am I going to make it about me or am I going to, by faith, release it and get it into some other people's hands? Like I've got enough in my hand. There's not much, but it's just enough for my lunch. And think about this. If each of those 12 disciples would have consumed the food in their hands. That's all it would have done. It would have fed those 12 men, and there would have been 25,000 people ready to riot. But because they chose to give it away, and because they took this great step of faith, it multiplied what god puts in our hands what god puts into our life all of the goodness all of the blessing all of the love all of the comfort all of the hope all of the financial security it is not just for us but when it's given to us we have the choice like the disciples are we going to consume it turn it back towards us and make it just about us Or are we going to, by faith, meet needs with it and try to help other people with it? We all, I think, in our hearts, we want to see the miracle. We want to see 25,000 people reached. But in order for that to happen, you've got to be willing to be the miracle. We have everything, all of us right now, we have everything in our, our life right now everything that we need in order to be part of a miracle. But the reason that so many of us do not see miracles and live in miracles is that we're trying to hold on to our handfuls. And, and we keep seeing through the eyes of scarcity while we claim to serve the God of abundance. But am I going to take my time, my money, my talents, and am I going to give it to help others? Because faith, faith what shares what's in my hand. How am I going to manage God's blessings and goodness? How am I going to trust God with my stuff and my money? You know, my entire life, there's been a few things that I've tried to build into my life of faith. There, there's been some, some discipline, some some choices that I've, I've tried to make a part of my walk of faith as long as I can remember. For the majority of my life, I've been a tither. I've given God the first 10% of my income. For the majority of my life, I, I've tried to use the talents and the gifts that God's given me to serve people, both in the church and outside the church. My whole life, I've tried to share with others about my faith, that God is good and God loves people and God has a plan for their life. For As long as I can remember, I've I've been trying to build into my life this, this idea that what God has given to me, what God has blessed me with, it was put there by Jesus. And I shouldn't try to hold on to it when it wasn't mine to begin with. He's blessed me. And it's for more than just me eating lunch. It's about helping others. And it's about being involved in a miracle. And the last thing that I want to leave with you it's about if I can steward a handful, He can trust me with a basketful. Because that's where it started. Jesus took. What he blessed and he broke, and he put it in their hands. It started as a handful. But then by the time the story ends, it's a basketful. Let's look back at the story. Who was it that distributed the food to the crowd, to the 20,000? It was the disciples. And how many disciples were there? There were 12 disciples. And when everyone was done eating, when all 25,000 people filled up and were no longer complaining, no longer upset, they were content and happy. When everyone was done, how many basketfuls were left? 12. The disciples started with a handful. And they had a choice. Am I going to use the handful for me or am I going to use it to be a miracle and to be a blessing to others? And because they chose to use the handful to help others, it resulted in there being a basketful for each and every one of them. Check this out. I love this. I love our God. The people... The people that were there, the 25,000 people that were just a part of the crowd, the people that were there to just see the miracle, they got their belly full. And they left with a full belly. But the people there that were there to be the miracle, they left with both a belly full and a basket full. And that's why it's, it's, always, it's always so sad to me whenever I, I get too self-absorbed and too inwardly focused. And, and I'm over here arguing and, and clenching my fists and clutching my handfuls when God, his heart, this blessing God, this generous God, when his heart is to give us basketfuls. And the thing that I want to I close out with here today is this, as we're talking about faith always shares what's in our hands, that you and I, we get to choose which of those two groups that we get to be a part of. Am I going to be a part of that majority, that big, 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 big crowd that just waits for the handful to be given and consume it? and then go home with a full belly? Or am I going to be a part of the 12 who will take their handful, distribute it, give it out, sacrifice if necessary, give, be a part of the miracle? Will I be like them? And when it's all over, I've got a full belly and I've got a basket full. But whatever choice you make, just remember this. We've been talking about the faces of faith. Remember this. Faith, faith always shares what's in your hands.